1: If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where all of that can happen. And so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. Go to school while you serve. Learn about the simultaneous membership program today. Hey, let's talk about diamonds. Selecting a diamond for an engagement ring
2: is not an everyday experience. It's an important purchase, and at Shane Company, we make it informative and fun. And honestly, it's easy. Cut, color, clarity, and carat weight are important. They're your four C's. But here's the deal. At Shane Company, we won't just tell you our diamonds are more beautiful. We'll show you. Come in to compare a Shane Company diamond side-by-side with a non-Shane Company diamond in the same grade. You'll see for yourself that our diamond has more beauty and sparkle. You'll be blown away when you see that two diamonds in the exact same grade can look so different. Our diamond experts examine each diamond individually and hand-select each diamond for its beauty. Whether you're shopping in person or online, we have the same rigorous selection process for all the diamonds we
1: sell. Visit us today. You'll have the confidence to pick the diamond that's perfect for you. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business. Shane Company and Shaneco
2: It's TJ Harris and Michelle Fine nights if you can't tell And they tell the truth so well There's no walking on eggshells No topic is off topic Stay tuned and you'll hear about it Politics and social problems And the thoughts on how to solve them By the show on radio Talking to people in the know If you want the truth then trust the host Cause they gon' keep them accountable They say it plain, that's the way it is It's in the name, it's the way they live They're about to be on your radio Say it plain, enjoy the show
1: good? What is good? It's Thursday on Saying It Plain. I'm your host, TK Harris. I want to welcome you to the ride in the building. With me is my co-host, the queen of Saying It Plain is here. Michelle's in the building. What's up, Michelle?
2: What's going on, people? What's going on?
1: What is good, Michelle?
2: How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Mm. Missed last week, but yeah. I'm back.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good.
2: Voice is back. Yeah,
1: it's good. What's wrong? i don't know i'm feeling dejected today michelle why you know every time i think that there's a chance that democracy can take <laughs> us in a positive direction i'm just just
3: so disappointed
1: you know I'm, I'm gonna talk about that on my ice feet i'm gonna talk about it right now but i just I'm feeling dejected today
2: Bless your heart. Mm,
1: yeah. But it's all good, though. This is saying it playing. It's Thursday. It's my favorite day of the week, and it always gets me pumped up and feeling better. Uh, mm-hmm. how, you, how you feeling, Michelle? How was your week?
2: My week was good. My week was good. You know, been battling trying to keep my voice together, but it's been otherwise well.
1: Yes, definitely. We got another awesome show lined up for you. We got a great topic coming up in the show. Joining us on the show, we have author Enrique volunteer He's the author of the book, How to Attract Women When You're Not That Attractive. That's coming up later on in the show. Michelle, we got a Interesting topic, as I said, we're going to get into that as well. Um, let's jump right into it. Uh, first, Santa Plane today is sponsored by the Investigation Chronicles of Marshall and Shaw. It's my new book, volume number one, The Terror at the School. You can get it at sanicplane.com slash books. Again, sanicplane.com slash books. It's volume number one of a three-part series. Book number two, coming out soon to be determined on the date. Uh, you definitely got to get book one so you know what's going on in book number two. It's the Investigation Chronicles of Marshall Shaw.
2: Absolutely, you're definitely gonna want to read book one because you're definitely gonna ri- want to read book two. Absolutely, book number two is gonna be uh, about. Okay. It's it's
1: it's a mess. Sanitplane.com/books. All right, Michelle, let's get into it. So. Uh, we got a topic, we're gonna get into the topic a little bit first before we, uh, get into our guest interview. We got ICU coming up, the entertainment report, and a new segment coming up later on. Uh, The Missing, we're gonna get into that. It's not actually really a new segment, to say any but one we're bringing back this season. Alright, so let's get into it, Michelle. We're talking about sending kids to jail. Mm. Uh, this is something that's been happening all over this country with our little children in 43 states in the District of Columbia, Michelle. Disproportionately, black students are arrested at school at the highest levels.
2: Believe it.
1: According to the federal data by the Education um, Education Week research. Um, one reason may be that Black students are more likely than students in other racial groups to be going to public schools, because mm-hmm. this seems to be where the majority of this arresting children has been going on. Yeah. Uh, in most jurisdictions, with disproportionate rates of arrest for Black students, the disparity seems to be in those schools, the enrollment, Michelle. Mm is uh, more primarily African American and people of color. And so it seems that in these schools, they've decided to have police to where when you go to these private schools in the show that are predominantly white, there's no police presence in these schools. No. And these schools more have a resource counselor. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, mean, I, I was going to say resource officer. That's the wrong word because it's not a resource officer. They have counselors. Yes. And when students get in trouble in school, they go see the guidance, the guidance counselor, counselor to Talk where in public schools, in predominantly black and brown neighborhoods they don't have they don't have uh, guidance or they have counselors. a
2: part-time
1: guidance. right the guidance counselor comes to the school once a week and like a part-time
2: nurse
1: exactly and the schools have but the schools can afford officers they have police mm-hmm. officers who are off duty police officers working in schools dealing with children you know and most of the problems that children are having in schools michelle are problems that need counseling yes. not to be arrested
2: Or it's based off of kids that are going undiagnosed with different issues. Um, A lot of times we see kids acting out and we automatically believe that they are ADHD. When in actuality, you have a lot of kids that are dealing with anxiety. And there are different ways that anxiety actually shows up in children and we don't realize that we just see a child that's overactive or you know withdrawn or acting a certain way oh they got adhd Uh, you know and that's a label that's quickly thrown upon younger kids and then you're over medicating these kids and with mental illnesses or disabilities that have been diagnosed by doctors when they have really been misdiagnosed
1: Exactly. But you know, one of the biggest questions, Michelle, black students make up 39% of the enrollment in public schools, Mm -hmm. yet they make up 75% of the arrests of children. So you you tell me, make those numbers make sense to me.
2: Oh, I know how it made sense. It's a way to get them started in a pattern, in a cycle. Because we start policing them younger, we start arresting them younger, and then you start to see those arrests follow through, through high school, through adulthood, and so on and so forth. And that's the way that they line their pockets. I mean, let's be completely honest. You have all these school shootings happening in predominantly white schools, but they don't have police in their schools. Mm -hmm. But then you have African-American schools. You're arresting kids who, actuality, they're acting out, but not to the level where they deserve to be arrested. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be five years old being arrested at school. You shouldn't be eight years old being arrested at school because you threw a pen threw a piece of paper you threw something and your first call isn't to the parents your first call isn't to the office and having you know the principal come and get the kid and bring him to the office and figure out what the underlying cause of all of this is happening
1: you know and 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 the the first problem is why is it for children of color and and let me and let me be very clear it's not just black children no there has mm-hmm. there's a disproportionate rate of Hispanic children mm-hmm. in schools that are that have Hispanics in a higher enrollment mm-hmm. and also Native American children yes. in schools that have Native Americans at a higher percentage they're arrested at higher percentages mm-hmm. than white children yeah. you know and it is why is that you know why is that our first choice, and you know, you, you just gave all the answers to it, mm-hmm. is we're going to arrest children of color, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to get them started in a system that, you know, is a one-way system. Yeah. You know, when I saw this story, and I don't know if you've seen the story or not in the show, this 10-year-old black girl mm-hmm. who was arrested in a Hawaii school. Yes. Now, they said that she drew a picture of another student, mm-hmm. and apparently this student had been bullying her and she drew a picture of this student. The student's mother found out that the little girl drew a picture of him and called the school and demanded demanded that the little girl be arrested. Now, here's the first problem, Michelle. The fact that this woman had the audacity to To call a school and demand that they arrest a little girl for drawing a picture of her son, but then the second audacity, Michelle, the school actually called the police. Yeah,
2: that... It's honestly disgusting. It's honestly, to say that we have all these people that are in schools, um, working in schools, in charge of our children, they don't know how to handle our children. And when I say handle our children, handle everything that comes with it. Let's be honest. Kids are not cookie cutters. Mm. They have not been sh- cut to the same cloth as everyone else. Their problems are not the same as anyone else that you may have wanted to work with right we're dealing with inner city children we're dealing with children that are dealing with issues whether it's um home life issues whether it's school life issues whereas they're being bullied in school i mean honestly if you talk to about 10 adults Mm -hmm. and ask them how school was for them majority of that 10 i would probably say 8 out of that 10 Will tell you that they had some form of bullying coming up in grammar school.
1: I'm I'm absolutely sure. Grammar school,
2: high school. I mean, that, it happens. That
1: it absolutely happens when one we know uh kids are cruel to begin with, absolutely. and then now these, and kids are, these kids, are now built different. It's on and, a whole another you know, level. A whole on a whole another level, they have other, but, access you know, the to schools, these. but how the schools are dealing with this is, is they, one of the they're biggest not. Problems. As we said in the very beginning. Most schools, especially schools in the interstate, do not have guidance counselors. No. When I went to school, the guidance counselor was there every single day of the week. The full day the guidance counselor was there. You know, now when I got when I got up to high school level, then the guidance counselor was there maybe half a day or something. I don't remember exactly, but they weren't there the full day anymore. But you know, there was a guidance counselor in the school. Most of these schools now you have guidance counselors that aren't even there. And when they do show, they come once a month. Once a week, mm-hmm. once every two weeks, you know, so these kids aren't getting guidance counselors. So the person they're dealing with is the principal. They're mm-hmm. dealing with the principal. They're dealing vice with the vice principal, people who are in an administration position who aren't used to dealing with emotional problems of children. And that is a problem. Yes. So where do these kids end up going to the resource officer? Mm-hmm. They end up going to these in school part-time in-school suspension, if, in school suspension they have that. if they have that, and they these are the problems, Michelle, and and there's so many different stories, and then what they do, they're cutting the parents out. Mm -hmm. This this story in Hawaii, Michelle, the young girl (laughs) was arrested, they wouldn't even tell the mother. mother. They wouldn't even let the mother see the child. The mother ended up having to go pick this child up at the police station.
2: But think about that. Think about how that is. Think about it first from the child's perspective. Mm -hmm. I drew a picture. Out of anger, out of frustration, I didn't hit anyone. I didn't cause anyone damage physically. I drew a picture to express my feelings towards someone that is bullying me. Yeah. And the answer to that is to be arrested.
1: That is an absolute. The
2: problem. mental that happens when you talk to people, adults that have been in the j- in jails and in prison, and you ask them about their psyche coming out of that situation grown people can't even handle that no and now you're putting it on an Mm eight-year-old
1: you know and and let's uh uh, get into quickly real quick the solution What, what, what can we do to help solve this problem one thing michelle and i'm gonna say this very quickly cops need to be removed from school they police don't know how to kids. should not no. be at school. We need more guidance counselors and less police officers.
2: Mm, I, I agree with that.
1: You know, and and that's the first problem because you know if you have the money to pay for security, then you have the money to pay the salaries because I mean, that's the first thing they claim. Michelle, we don't have the money to pay for guidance counselors. If you have the money to pay for off-duty police officers to be in these schools,
2: I honestly think that the teachers on uh, also we put a lot on on teachers, um, but one thing that we. Do put in the hands of teachers is being able to deal with you know the different personalities in the classroom and being able you know there has to be some type of training on training with teachers on how to deal with certain situations and to recognize a situation and call it and then have a way to actually address it and call it out to the principal or someone else higher up to kind of help facilitate that within Mm -hmm. the classroom or without within the students
1: exactly i completely agree with you there's definitely a need for better training but when you also have to include in that better training is weeding out the races that are in the teaching positions in school because there's a lot of them and And training alone is not going to change someone who's racist no and you know when you have you have these resource officers who have, who are also off duty police officers who have, uh, feelings of racism. And then they come and work in the inner city. They're looking at the children in, in these schools as animals, you know, and then they're, you know, I, I watched the video of this resource officer, off duty police officer, throw this little girl, um, little skinny girl, peanut. pick her up and slam, slam her, her to the ground. You know, yeah. that would never happen at a school yeah. that was predominantly white. I would, a, a resource officer would never do that to a young white girl because you know what the uproar mm-hmm. the uproar Michelle would be off the cane and you know we have to make that same uproar in the, in, in our yeah. schools in the inner city and in public schools to make sure this cannot continue happening we cannot have our children five years old mm-hmm. being arrested by police officers
2: and I also believe that parents should be a, be more active in their student in their kids uh, school life I should say mm-hmm. meaning PTA meetings should be held parents all parents should be allowed to be to go or have some type of access to meeting with teachers and other parents and having those conversations and being able to bring up the fact that my child is being bullied by your child how are we gonna fix this and actually being able to have that communication line open and talking to parents, each other and saying our children have a problem and we need to get it fixed before something dramatic really happens. And then it escalates further than it already has. I mean, we I mean, it, honestly, it's all hands on that. And it's our children's lives are in danger and the parents needs. We I know a lot of parents have been. I think this uh, parent has actually addressed it with the school system or with the um the administration at the school, but nothing was done. There should be some other line of support for parents when we are addressing issues and the administration is not doing anything. About it within the school
1: mm-hmm.
2: Who's above you that can handle this
1: Absolutely completely completely agree and We're going to definitely get back into this subject Again uh, on another show because This is something we definitely need to talk about Alright Michelle let's keep it Rolling let's get into the Sanity Plane Entertainment Report I hear you got some stuff for us this week mm-hmm. Y'all ready for the news? Uh, tech uh, it's cat. The Soju cat. DJ Calvin. My
2: name is Saweetie.
1: we hey, here. The saying it plain entertainment report.
2: All right, on today's entertainment report, um, this week Body Armor announced its sale to Coca-Cola at eight billion dollar valuation,
0: mm.
2: and in that. Kobe bryant's family is going to be set to receive 400 million dollars mm. now this was as of monday november 1st coca-cola announced that um, they actually purchased full control of the sports drink maker body armor for 5.6 billion dollars and that's actually making the um the company's the largest brand acquisition in the company's history. In the company company's history to date. Now, Kobe Bryant actually invested back in 2013 and he actually it was just two years after Body Armor was actually founded. And he was actually the third largest shareholder. Within Body Armor at that time, and he actually made that purchase at six million dollars at the time. Mm. So from six billion to four hundred million for That's, his
1: family—that my friend, what you call a good investment. And you know, I was looking—I uh, was looking at something just earlier today to show the highest-paid um, NBA athletes career-wise, and you know, Jordan was one point six billion dollars, mm-hmm. um, and number two with this now. Uh, uh, money that his estate has gotten with the body armor of $400 million added to what Kobe Bryant had already made. He was now at $1 billion. Dollars making Ooh. him number two all time, nice. and you know, so that that set his family up for life. And you know, it's tragic that Kobe's not going to be here to see it himself. Absolutely, but, but his family, his family is, is definitely set up. for life. He,
2: I mean, I'm pretty sure he he's probably smiling down and happy that you know he's still taking care of his family, even though he's not he's not here physically with them. Um Also, Brittany Reiner, a runner? yeah um, she is the ex-wife of NBA player PJ Washington. You
1: know. The ex-wife? you, you you're talking about... I mean, you know, Listen, that, that's the person he
2: The woman that he was married to and had a baby by. Mm. Now, everybody was... Everybody has been, like, coming for her. Mm. Coming for her. Ever since mm. it came out that she had a baby. And then right after mm. she had the baby filed for divorce. Mm. Um, but she states that... She did it. She did a recent interview and she states that, you know, nobody is talking about or pointing out the age gap between Jay-Z and Beyoncé or Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan because and and honestly, people have actually mentioned Jay-Z and Beyoncé's age difference because when she was younger, he was a lot older than her. He still is a lot older than her, but you know, not really being talked about in a negative way anymore because they're like a billion dollar com- uh, couple and they're doing amazing and have a beautiful family. And then Lori and Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan, young, dating, seem to be doing extremely well and prosperous on their own, individually and together. Um, but she was just pointing that out
1: she's full of (laughs) malarkey and they're about to say you need to get you need to get to the point where she's full of (laughs) malarkey before i have to get to it
2: so and then you know i had to think about it and i'm like you're right you know those they have some pretty big age gaps you know beyonce and jay-z are 11 years different lori harvey and michael b jordan are 10 years different but the difference between those two couples and her situation if anybody ever goes and search her, there's a video. There's a video that she put out where she's sitting in her car. And she's talking about... She's giving an instruction as to how to bag a NBA player. Wow. And pretty much get pregnant by them because they're stupid. And they don't wear protection. So she kind of gave out an instruction instructional video on how to actually... Get the bag by bagging a NBA player and getting a baby.
1: Oh, I, I, I saw that nonsense. And, you know, for her to be even talking about now, oh, how people, people, uh, and, and smearing her name and this man, you, you basically went on and told everybody how you just played this man for to get that bag.
2: And I mean, and that's what happens. When you put stuff out there into the universe, at some point in time, it's always gonna come back around. So she kind con- she claims that they were always they were in a relationship and they were loving towards each other, and then it just didn't work out after she had the baby and they sep they with their separate ways. But your past actions and past verbiage and videos show a different story, and that's why it keeps coming back to you. Unfortunately, we have to remember whatever you put out into the internet. It always has a way coming right back to you and biting you in the butt. And that is it for the Michelle Entertainment Report.
1: That's...
2: That's tough. That's
1: tough. The audacity some people have, Michelle, is just hilarious to me.
2: And I don't really think that her age and stuff would have been a problem. Except that she put that video out. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, honestly... Older women go for younger men all the time. Older men go for younger women all the time. It happens. It's natural, honestly, at this point. As long as you're not doing anything that's like statutory rape or anything like that. I mean, it is what it is. But you set up the narrative. We just read in the book.
1: All right, so let's take a break. We're we'll going to take a break on a S.I.B. Thursday. We we'll back up to the break with more of Santa Plain. Did you forget that special occasion or anniversary? Or are you ready to pop the question but can't afford the ring? ladies do you want to treat yourself to diamonds but just can't afford it well now you can with crown jewelers with crown jewelers all credit is accepted low monthly payments and a small down payment and the bling you've been wanting could be yours go to www.stayinatplane.com slash crown again stayinatplane.com slash crown all credit is accepted at crown jewelers time to get your bling on All right, Michelle. So we are back from the break. This is Sanic Plain on an SIP Thursday. We are about to go to I see you. yeah, I'm definitely seeing something today, Michelle.
2: Mm-hmm. Con Prime recibes bombillas en un día. Edison estaría orgulloso. Mm-hmm. Orgullosísimo. Recibe rápido los esenciales diarios. Prime lo cambia todo.
1: T.J. is getting down to business I see you Yep, I'm definitely seeing it Michelle, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you I had a different I see you that I was going to do today But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just I I, I just thought oh, I got to get this off my chest You know, like I was saying before Michelle. I, you know, after the 20. 20 election,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I had hoped you that did. the nation mm. as a whole, really, you know, not not the Trump, not the not the Trump supporters, <laughs> you know, not that 30 percent. That 30 percent will always be who they are. They're not going to change, and I'm not even trying to change them, I and I, I don't even expect them to change. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the electorate, Michelle, I had hoped that they had learned from 20 uh from 2016 in the election of Donald Trump. About one, how important it was to vote. Mm. And two, how the flim flam man comes. Mm-hmm. And we already know who the flim flam man is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change his spots.
2: Never.
1: You know, and my hope was that we learned that from electing Donald Trump. I didn't know, let me say that we, the nation learned that because I definitely didn't vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> but the nation learned that, that, you know, we Republicans... Um, President Barack Obama gave a speech, and he said in the speech how Republicans drive the car into the ditch. Do mm-hmm. you remember this, Michelle? Yep, I remember and that so clearly. They get out of the ditch. They leave the car in the ditch. They get out of the ditch. They wait for Democrats to pull oh, the car hard. out the ditch, and then they act the Democrats going to have the keys back. Yep, and you know that's what happens in elections in this country every Michelle, year, every election. Republican, we've been doing this same song and dance since. Tug of war. 40 years we've been doing this same back and forth, Sunday dance. What happens, Michelle? Republicans get elected. Mm-hmm. Republicans get elected. They do nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all but benefit the rich. Mm-hmm. They do tax cuts for rich people. That's mm-hmm. the only thing they do. They do nothing else whatsoever nope. while they're in office. We do get little
2: things in order to compromise, to it, get other things they want done. But it's little. Crumbs.
1: You know, and then they... They leave, they leave us in a horrible deficit. The country's in shambles. Mm-hmm. We come an election comes up. What happens, Michelle everybody I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote, yeah, and we go what we do we go and vote in Bill Clinton after Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan ran up the deficit. They voted in Bill Clinton. We need mm-hmm. a change, yeah, Bill Clinton comes in. He gets hit with nothing but Republican obstruction Mm -hmm. over obstruction over obstruction. What happened? We we ain't gonna talk about the scandal. (laughs) What happens? People say, oh, I'm not voting for Democrats. Democrats didn't do nothing. They didn't do nothing. Forget the fact that Republicans sat on their tails and they filibustered and they used every rule they could to make sure nothing could get passed, nothing could get done, even though they're wrong because Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton did bring uh, the deficit down quite a bit, Absolutely. but they do all that, and then what do people go out and do? They decide not to vote in mm-hmm. the midterms. Everything's And good. then when the next presidential election came after Bill Clinton's second term, they decide, you know what? We need to try Republicans again. Mm-hmm. So they go to George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. George W. Bush comes in, does the same thing Ronald Reagan does. He does, war. he does tax cuts for the rich, sends us to war, puts us in an unbelievable cool. deficit. Enough. And Unwindable destroys war. the country, so then you know what the country says. You know what? We need to elect a Democrat because we gonna, they're going to fix it. They elect Barack Obama. Mm. Barack Obama brings us back from the Best worst depression in the history of this country. Mm. He does bill after bill to help turn this country around, lasting lasting effect. Mm-hmm. And he was hated for it. Absolutely, he was hated. For he didn't it. do enough. And what? Did the country do in 2016? These Electric people, these fools, elected the worst possible candidate that could be president of any country. We could have got Bubbles Kemp to run this country better and than it, him. It, it would have been better than Donald Trump. Donald Trump put this country in shambles again. He yeah. ran up a deficit, gave a huge tax cut to rich people, gave nothing to all the people who voted for him. Had nothing. Us,
2: had us going through a pandemic that could have ended sooner than A it pandemic
1: did. that could have ended a long time ago, Michelle, was spread out because Republicans played. It didn't exist. It mm. didn't exist. It didn't matter. You don't need vaccines. And you don't need anything. it turned it and into and a political turn, the economy into crap. It turned... People so against each other... What do we do? Everybody, I'm going to vote. We gotta get rid of this bum. Get this bum out of here. We're voting. And they go out, everybody goes out and votes in the highest numbers in the country history and we vote for Joe Biden. Now elections are running up. Uh huh. The Virginia election. Virginia, Mm. they Mm. elect a guy for governor. No experience whatsoever. Mm. He's a trumper, but he decided before the election that he was going to pretend like he wasn't a trumper. Of course. And because he did the same thing Republicans do. They play the flim flam man. The flim flam man that comes out and tells you, sells you the snake oil. And, mm. oh, you know, I'm going to do these things. And then when they become, when they start to govern, mm. you find out exactly who Republicans are. They are who they, who they were to begin with. What did like, Maya Angelou say, Michelle? When people tell you, show you who they are, Believe them. Believe them. Republicans have been the same for 40 years. For longer than that. But for 40 years, we've been playing this game, folks. And people continue. You know, I don't know how many posts I saw on Facebook, Michelle, of black people saying, I'm not voting. I'm holding my vote because Democrats are doing nothing. Not minding. Not watching, Michelle. The fact that Republicans are using everything thing they can to block a bill they're doing nothing mm-hmm. mind you that Christian Cinema and Joe Manchin are Republican plants who are in the Democratic Party, Party. who are blocking every, blocking bill, every bill, bill Democrats movie. are trying to do people are like well, I'm not going to vote and people in Virginia oh, we're going to give Republicans a try why do we continue to play these same games over and over again when When are we going to learn Michelle that we can break this cycle we cannot get this country to progress past point a because as soon as we get past point a you decide we want to go back to negative z
2: no because then they get into this this cycle of we get a democrat in office give him a little power because we still ain't got enough power to actually do a whole bunch of what needs to be done. Give him a little power when they don't come through on the things that they promised they would do during election time. We get upset. We get discouraged. We give up. Then we say, they not going to do nothing for us anyway. So we not going to go out and vote again. So then thinking you're helping yourself. You're helping the Republican party. How Republicans go out, vote in droves, get it reelected, Shoot us down into the gutters yet again, and then we ask, we beg for hope, and we go democratic again. Democrats get in line, and guess what? And they don't. They don't have enough time, power. Folks,
1: what happens is that when the Democrats get in office, they're starting back at the starting line because they started to make progress. You decide you want to put a Republican back in, the so the Republican takes us right back to the starting line, mm-hmm. and now you have to bring in a Democrat to start the race over and over again. When will we learn? My, I see this. You know, usually I end. I see you with. You know, we watching. But I see you. I see something. Mm-hmm. You know what I see today, Michelle? I see that things will not change in this country until we get smarter in this country. We are the dumbest country of educated people. I have, it, it is It amazes me.
2: We are a country of ADHD, it, honestly. Because it's like we kind of lose focus. Even when we get what we want, we lose focus of what it is that we're trying to get to. Because we really haven't gotten there yet. But we got what we initially wanted so we think that it's all taken care of from there but it's really not we got to stay focused we got to keep our attention on the fact of the matter that people are sitting up in at, on Capitol Hill and promising or no not promising but telling you they're not going to do nothing to help this president out not that they're, they're not even thinking about the people in their constituents they're saying they're not going to do anything to help the Democrats out so they sh- Just shooting our, we shooting ourselves in the foot if we're actually not paying attention and listening to what they actually are saying. Not even what they're doing, but listening to what they actually say out of their own mouths.
1: I I can't disagree with you at all. I I I just have to end this by saying 2022 is around the corner. If you give back, you decide you don't want to vote for all you people who are sitting on your tails saying you're not voting because Democrats aren't doing anything. Folks, the reason that Democrats can't get anything done because there ain't enough real actual Democrats. And if you don't get out and vote, guess what? There ain't gonna be enough Democrats. And you will be back. And if you're expecting the Republican Party to do anything to better this country for anybody else but the top 2%, then guess what? We see you because you are a fool. All right, Michelle, that was I See You. Yep. Um, we got to keep it rolling. We've got our special guest interview with author Enrique Volontaire. He is the author of the book, How to Attract Women When You're Not That Attractive. He joined us on the SIP Hotline. Let's go. All right, so joining me today on the SIP Hotline, we have author Enrique Volontaire. Enrique, how you doing? Hey, good. How's it going, PJ? I am doing awesome. We want to thank you for coming on the show and talking to our audience. Before we get into your book, Enrique, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background?
3: Well, the the book came to mind because um, I couldn't find a girl to save my life in junior high school, high school, college. Uh, I was a good student, and uh, even while I was working, I found it hard to meet women. And I just asked myself one day, how am I going to meet a girl? and uh next thing on my mind was well what are you good at and i said well i'm good at school and uh next thought was well why am i good at school all i do is read and i just follow whatever i read so i said let me just read all the dating books i can find and uh see if that can uh get me into dating games so I read a bunch of books uh started dating women got married uh struggled like a young uh husband and wife should and just uh, kept reading books. I read a bunch of books on marketing and business and sales and basketball since I coach basketball. And, uh, you know, 15 years later, I'm thinking, what do I do now with all this knowledge? I said, you know what? I read so many books. Let me just start writing books. So I wrote a book, uh, How to Attract Women If You're Not That Attractive.
1: Hmm, interesting.
3: So let's get into the book.
1: Uh, you, uh, already brought up a little bit about it the title of the book is how to attract women if you're not that attractive uh tell us a little bit about the book what the book is about and what people will learn from the book
3: well it's uh the title is what it says um a lot of uh, dating coaches uh you see that they're very attractive i mean the movies you saw Ryan Gosling was a dating coach uh Will Smith was Hitch and i said you know i want to read a dating book for the ugly person like you know i'm not the prettiest guy to look at um short, I'm 5'2", I'm Filipino, uh, and it's a disadvantage when, you know, you're in America trying to date. So in the book, I go over how to attract women from the point of view of a guy who doesn't have all the looks. So I have the five do's and the five don'ts of uh, how not to attract the woman. And uh, yeah, and that's all I do.
1: You know, I always like to ask uh, authors what inspires them to write a book. So what made you, you know, know, I understand you, you you had some dating issues, but what made you decide to take your story of dating and make, you know, basically put it out there for consumption
3: as a book? Well, I started listening to podcasts. Um, I listened to one podcaster, uh, James Altucher, and uh, he was pretty inspiring and uh, he had one episode um, and he just said how to write a book. He said, well, it's easy. Just think of, the story that you can tell. So I said, well, I can tell the story of how an ugly guy can get a girl. And um, then he said, what you got to do next is just divide into 10 chapters and divide those 10 chapters into five chapters each. And you know, you write a little bit at a time, you write your 50 small chapters and you put it all together, slap it together, uh, edit it, and you got a book. So that's what I did after thinking about how to organize the book. I said, all right, how do you attract a woman if you're not that attractive? And when I organized my thoughts, I said, well, there there are some things that you don't do, and there are some things that you do do. And that became the the organization of the book. Hmm.
1: So let's get into a couple of the specifics of the book. Now, you you say that there are only two things that you have to do to grab the attention of a woman. Kind of explain that
3: to the audience a little bit and tell us what that is. Well, a lot of guys ask me, so there's a girl, i like, what do I do? And I said... It's very simple, just two things. One, compliment her. Um, one compliment her, what do you say, nice hair, nice dress, actually, it's kind of uh, outlandish, but say something nice. And then after that, you ask her an open-ended question. Open-ended question, she can't answer with a yes or no. So uh, you like, I say, where are you going? That's gonna start a conversation. You know, she might, be going, she might say, oh, you know, I'm going out with my friend afterwards, in which you ask, oh, you know, uh, what restaurant? And, um, you know, it's back and forth. You have a conversation uh, with uh technologies days. I was just reading an article today that a lot of young people are having trouble communicating face-to-face because the last 15 years, people have been texting and IMing each other. But the art of co- having a conversation, it's like ping pong. Uh, she responds, you ask uh, open-ended questions. And before you know it, a lot of women start thinking, you know, I like this guy, he's different. I don't know what it is, but he makes me feel good about him he makes me feel good about myself um i feel like i can talk to him and um if you're not that attractive uh and you can't go on your looks you got to go on your conversation and your entertainment skills and uh as you've seen a lot of entertainers a lot of comedians they date some of the most beautiful women in the world because one they can keep a girl entertained and two they can make her feel good about herself
1: you brought up something that uh uh, I wanted to ask you about since you brought it up. You, you talked about how most people nowadays don't talk anymore. Yeah. You know, this kind of generation is kind of social media. Um, people meet online. People meet through social media. People, you know, nobody calls anybody for conversations anymore. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Yeah. What you're saying about grabbing a woman's attention, how do you get around that for the people who don't, um, who don't talk anymore? Like a lot of people just, they aren't comfortable with that type oh. of communication anymore.
3: Yeah, it uh, it all comes down to practice. Um I had a um, I had a lot of trouble uh talking to women when I was younger and um a lot of times here classic case you have the say you take a kid in college and he says I like a girl but I can't do anything. So he goes weeks and weeks just staring at her thinking about the moment he's going to make his move and on the last day of school he finally comes over to her, says, you know, would you like to get some coffee? And she says, "Sorry, I have a boyfriend." and he's crushed he wasted 18 weeks just thinking about her and what i teach in my book is that you just got to act it's just practice it's just like anything else um you see a girl you like you practice conversation you talk to her and uh you know don't be afraid to ask her what are you doing after this you want to go grab some beef and you'll get your answer right away if she says yes great you have a date sometimes she'll say oh, i can't go but uh when i met my wife my next line was uh well can i get your phone number you seem like a nice girl i want to hang out with one day and you know luckily she gave it to me and um that's all guys have to do i mean if you're not experienced with um talking to women women in person you got to get that experience and you you're, you're going to get rejected a lot of times but you know just keep going your game gets better in time keep improving and um yeah just like anything else it's practice and it's repetition and it's learning from your mistakes
1: you know, so let's say in contrast, then because you you have rules for how you can attract a woman, uh, what are your rules for how you cannot?
3: Uh, well, number one, I said the rule number one is don't commit to a girl who's not your girlfriend. That I see a lot of guys. They, like I said before, they'll see the girl, they'll think that they're in love, they'll talk to her, they'll try to go the friend route. And other guys would say, you know, why don't you talk to this girl? Why don't you talk to that girl? And they'll say, no, I'm saving myself for her. And uh, they'll just waste a lot of time thinking about her. And by the time they make the move, yes, they might get a yes. But if they get a no, they wasted time. And um the best thing to do that I learned is dating is a numbers game. You got to talk to as many women as you can. And uh I don't know if you remember, if you're as old as I am, but about 20 years ago we didn't have facebook we had something called AOL and we had uh, chat rooms and everybody in the chat rooms trying to talk to each other and you would have to try ask age sex and location exchange pics um i had my numbers down about 20 years ago i said okay how am i going to connect with the girls i don't like to go out i'll go on chat rooms of the 40 girls that i am i instant message maybe 20 will have a conversation of 20 have a conversation maybe 10 of them will give me a picture of the 10 who give me a picture maybe five of them will get me a phone number and of the five who get me a phone number maybe i'll get a date with two of them so you know you talk to as many girls as you can even though aol is not around anymore use use facebook use instagram just talk to as many girls as you can and you'll get your numbers it's kind of like sales and uh, you date as many girls as you can that way. I find that interesting, Uh, especially because,
1: what's the old saying, uh, there's someone out there for everyone. According to statistics, women outnumber men two to one. So there's literally two women for every one man in this country. So why do you think men, even unattractive men, have such a hard time uh, finding a woman when women outnumber men by the number
3: that they do? Well, uh, I think it's a self-esteem issue that these days uh you know there was a coddling nature in the 90s and you know everybody are awarding seven, seventh place medals and i've seen a lot of people just they're afraid to fail and uh, luckily for me failing all those years it made me stronger and i learned from it so i think one of the problems these days is that a lot of people they just they don't want to take a chance because you know rejection sucks for everybody but what I preach in my book is that, like life and love and business and everything, you got to get used to rejection. And rejection is not a bad thing. Rejection can be the greatest thing that happened to you because you learn from it. And um, that's one of the premises of the book. Talk to as many women as you can, get rejected. It's okay. And it, there's another metaphor behind that, that I try not to teach people not only about love, but how there's a saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. So I believe if you take this mentality everywhere, you'll go places as long as you don't give up. I agree with you on both of those points. There was
1: a time when I did relationship advice on the show. I don't do it. As much anymore, but I, you know, I plan to get back to it at some point or another. But I do agree with you, it's, it's definitely a numbers game because the more women you talk to, the more opportunities you have to find that special someone. And I think most men who don't find themselves attractive, their problem is, it, it is a confidence issue and you're scared to be rejected. You gotta start swinging. So...
3: Get in contact with as many women as you can.
1: Uh, if you can, Enrique, lastly, tell everyone where they can get your book. If you want to give out your website, your Facebook, you can give out all that as well.
3: Oh, thank you very much. Um, my book, uh, you can get on Amazon. My website is enriquevoltaire.com. Uh, you can send me a message. And uh, if you want to email me personally, it's uh, enrique at enriquevoltaire.com.
1: Absolutely. And just to spell that for you, it's E-N-R-I-Q-U-E-V-O-L-T-A-I-R-E dot com. Uh, Enrique, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and talking about your book. And we want to wish you nothing but future success. Thank you very much, TJ. Take care. All right, Michelle. So that was author Enrique Volunteer. The book is how to attract women when you're not that attractive. But you
2: know, I think it's, it, it's really good cause, you know, it sounds like he's advising men who don't feel as though they are that attractive Mm -hmm. to kind of get that confident boost because not, I mean, honestly, let's be completely honest. I've known some unattractive guys in my past that have been the kindest, sweetest guys I have ever met. And it's not that, you know, physically they might not be the best thing you ever seen in your life, but on the, on a real level, They were some of the realest guys I had ever met in my life. And they were true, true good guys. And I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, we got to be, stop being so shallow and start looking past some of the physical and actually paying attention to the substance of a person.
1: Absolutely. I think that may be what he was trying to say in his book. Go check it out. It's uh, how to attract a woman when you're not that attractive.
2: Get your confidence back. Go get your woman.
1: All right, Michelle. So we are going back to a segment and I said it was a new segment, but it's not really a new segment. It's something we used to do on Sandy Plane all the time. And now I think it's, it's just so many missing people of color out there. Absolutely. that just get no... You, you just get no television time you know and, and you know I was watching the story play, of you no know, news coverage and I was watching the story of this mother on a talk show and she was talking about how when uh, Gabby Petito Gabby when Gabby Petito. Petito's story was on the news how it just played over and mm-hmm. over again and she had been trying to have the police look into her son that had been yes. missing and they just ignored her and ignored her and ignored her she couldn't get any news coverage anything mm-hmm. one, and she just kept on seeing this Story about Gabby Pugh and it made her angry, yeah. you know, and and I, I understand her frustration, Absolutely. and you know, and it, and it takes shows like ours and other shows uh, of color, mm. um, black podcasts and media to Websites. start telling these stories, mm-hmm. and then. Then the stories get picked start up on, up. you know, major, uh, programs. But let's get into it, Michelle. What, what do you got for us this week?
2: Yes. One, I want to start out by saying a thank you to ourblackgirls.com because they really are shedding light and bringing to, bringing to light a lot of missing persons, even the older ones that have gone unmentioned, unheard of, um, very, very little to none media, co- media coverage on it. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're bringing to you the case of 55-year-old Maddie Wilson. Well, she was 55 at the time. Um, Maddie Wilson, back in 2008 in Memphis, Tennessee, was admitted to a hospital for her second stroke. Um, and she was actually admitted to regional medical center in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, she was hospitalized for three weeks. Her daughter was seeking permanent housing for her in a nursing home. Mm. And she was working with the hospital to try and help get that nursing home set up for her mother. And her mother was released without her knowing to a homeless shelter.
0: Mm.
2: Now this is, they discharged her and sent her from the hospital to this homeless shelter called the restoration house. Um, they said, apparently, this is the Charlie Project reported that the shelter was in the 3500 block of Dumas in the Fraser section of town. And from there, she goes missing.
0: Mm.
2: Now, this is a woman that had had two strokes. She was suffering from dementia. Some reports that I saw um, stated and she was weak. So she walks with a limp. They said um one from one story that I read. They said that she walked in to the homeless shelter, used the bathroom, and then walked back out and disappeared. Nobody saw her again. No one tried to stop her. Nobody stopped her. Yeah. No. And this was in 2008. And she arrived at the shelter on July 30th, 2008. And it's troubling because they, one, released her without her daughter knowing and she had two strokes and she had suffered from dementia. So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out in my mind, you know how, when you go to a hospital and you go to get discharged, it takes forever to discharge you. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they talk over, they have to go over all of your discharge and instructions and things of that nature and tell you what you need to look out. And for her to have had two strokes and she was just released to a homeless shelter. It's a little troubling to me because it's like, what conversation were you able to have with this woman who was known to have two strokes, suffer from dementia, and weak? What was it that caused you to say that she should be released to a homeless shelter?
1: Exactly. And knowing that she has dementia, like you just released her. Yeah. Uh, it, something about that story doesn't sit right
2: you know they said she reportedly experienced memory loss so you know it's like how did this happen how did she fall through this
1: big of a crack
2: this river wide of a crack mm-hmm. in the system and get pushed to a homeless shelter and then just be able to walk in and then walk out. They said they never pro- finished processing her, doing her intake at the homeless shelter because she left right after getting there. And nobody tried to stop her. It's sad because it's been since 2008. And she's nothing, still missing. Still missing. No answers. Um, There's no leads. Um, I know that they, it looks like maybe like a couple years later, about two years later, they tried to refresh it and try to make it, you know, known to see if people will help and still nothing. If you can go to our girls, our dot There's a picture of Miss Maddie Wilson on their website.
1: We will have this on saying it plain. There's a section on the homepage of saying mm. that will link to this story where you can read the story and you, it will also link to
2: our dot
1: um, website that will um, give you more details. Yes. Story as well.
2: Um. At the time, she stood five feet three inches to five feet five inches. She weighed a hundred to one hundred and ten pounds. She had black, dark brown hair and brown eyes. Um. Due to her strokes, she, um, she suffered from slurred speech. And she walked with a limp and reportedly experienced memory loss. Um, they state, if you have any information regarding this case, you're urged to contact the Memphis police department at 901-636-3700 or their, lo- or your local authorities. The agency case number is 0808-001499. M as Mary, E as an Echo
1: and and take a minute to take a you know to go go to our website take a look at it uh, link to uh our yeah see the story and share the story if you can and only yeah. not just a second to share we're talking we're talking it's been over a decade and this family deserves answers, answers on what happened to their mother, mother. Sister, sister aunt, aunt, aunt mother. you know and let's help get some information on it because Nobody else is looking.
2: Yeah, we need to reignite. We need to get the the investigation reignited and find some answers for the family and bring her home. Um, also, when you're on their website, just take a look at ourblackgirls.com. dot com. Also, look at some of the stories in your own states and cities to see if maybe maybe the littlest thing you don't even know could help could possibly help find a missing person. Mm
1: all right so that is the missing for this week um we're going to be doing this every week we're going to bring a new story yes. some new some older but we're going to bring out these stories if that haven't had any light on them and yeah. hopefully we can shed some light and help some of these people
2: and if possible do more money. than one story because when i tell you in my search of more information about this this uh, missing person's case about miss maddie wilson I didn't find a lot and this is very evident of what we're speaking on. I didn't find a lot of articles um in reference to her case, but what I did find was so many other missing persons
0: mm.
2: of color stories that you did not hear. And I know sometimes it's sad to hear missing persons and I mean, I honestly I just I kind I kind of got sad, but it's just the fact that we have to know these stories. We have to see their faces. We have to make sure that if we can help, we do help. Mm -hmm. If we have any information, no matter how small, I think it would be so beneficial to make sure that that information can be given to the proper authorities because you never know that little piece of information you think that is just so insignificant could probably mean the world to the investigation.
1: Absolutely. Go to com. click on the missing tab. It's right there on the homepage and it'll take you to this story and we're going to keep uh, the store all the stories adding. we do, we're going to keep adding to them every week. All right, Michelle, so we are approaching the end of another show. We want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Absolutely. Uh, thank our uh, author Enrique Volunteer yes. for joining us on the show as well. Uh, make sure you guys join us back here next week. We got another special guest interview for Michelle. I'm TJ Harrison. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. Deuces.
2: Stay safe. Mask up. Wrap up.
1: You just listen to Saying It Plain Radio. Man, I just love what you guys do, man. Follow the show at Saying It Plain Radio on Instagram or Facebook. And at Saying It Plain Radio on Twitter. And check out the show on the web, stayinitplay.com. I
2: always follow.
1: Thanks for listening. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No, getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com.
3: Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts, too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy.
1: enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on iTunes please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice the opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be
3: received as so.